Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Well, hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am so excited to have with me Pastor Greg Locke. Hello, Pastor Greg. Hello, my friend. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you and to have you talk about this movie that's coming out in a little less than a week. You have such a history, and um, I would love it if you could just introduce yourself and just share with people. I know there's many people who know who you are, but there's many who don't as well. Yeah. Most people know me because of all the controversy that we've been involved in for the yes. last five or six years, but yeah. now more people are starting to know us for the new controversy yeah. the last year and a half, which is kind of tip of the spear in bringing deliverance ministry back to the mainstream, at yeah. least in evangelical churches. It should have never went anywhere. We're yeah. talking about a 2,000-year-old ancient ministry of Jesus. The number one thing Jesus did was set people free from the torment of evil spirits. Yes. And so... We've really yes. gotten involved in that so heavily to the place that now we have a, a movie in 2,000 theaters all over America. We're praying it goes worldwide and uh, streaming services and the whole deal eventually because we want people to know we do have authority. We do have power that has been given to us. It's not our strength. It's not our authority. The power is in the name of Jesus. It's not a man. It's not manipulation. It's certainly not some methodology. It's a message. And the message is the title of the movie, Come Out in Jesus' Name. Yes. And so I want to see people set free radically. And so when the Lord immersed us in you know, the ministry of deliverance, thousands, literally tens of thousands of people just began to converge on our campus over the course of the last 14 months to be set free. And it has been daunting. It's been difficult to keep up with the demand. We had to move to, as you know, from already seeing the, the screen or the movie, we had to move from more private personal sessions, although we do a lot of those during the week. They're probably happening right now while we're doing this interview. We had to go to mass deliverance because we could not keep up with the demand of the thousands of people that were showing up, 100 people sleeping in our parking lot just to be there Monday morning wow. at 8 o'clock with the doors open. Awesome. It's been crazy. And so we were having services that were going from 1030 Sunday morning till 230 a.m. Monday morning, mm. and it was unsustainable. And we had no deliverance team at that point you know now we have 85 90 deliverance workers that help us on a sunday night and rotate through and so now it's a it's a more well-oiled machine but it's the most organized chaos of anything i've ever been involved <laughs> in and so it, it is a powerful ministry to see someone set free from something they didn't realize they had struggled with for so very very long yeah and i want i want to get into a little bit of the details of the movie but i just want to take a moment here and just pray the preview of it so i'm going to just take a moment and let the audience check that out in the new testament is it verifiable that christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons Come on. god used controversy Look, i'm on the list he used cnn he used the media he used all of it to grow a massive size platform Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. 
are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king! It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. So in the movie, you talk about how it's not about the controversy and mm. that God just like really, really shifted you. And I, I think that's what drew me to you is that you're this yeah. really controversial man that people got to know you from social media, but it God like moved into you and you <laughs> were so humble. I mean, I just, I loved how you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to learn. Yeah. I got to figure this out. I'm a pastor of this big church and I'm afraid of an eight-year-old little girl. So could you yeah. tell us about how that came about for you and even just your own personal deliverance story? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just kind of start with the controversy because God really did use a lot of controversy, political controversy at that to build our platform. And it was a, it was a big eye-opening day for me when God began to reveal to me and to my wife and to our team that, you know, you can still be bold and known for courage, but in a different avenue, in a different way. So I, I really went from calling out corrupt politics and politicians, which I still do, right? But I went to calling out the spirit that's behind them, that's manipulating them. And so I was known as the Christian nationalist, insurrectionist pastor, you know, for, for whatever reason, right, wrong, or indifferent. But I had to get to a place where I understood we do not have a White House problem in this nation. We have a God's house problem in this yeah, nation. And pastors on. need to get right. We need to humble ourselves. Come it's on. if my people, not if those people, not if, if those political people. No, no, no. If my people, yeah. which are called by my name. And so I had to have a real come to Jesus moment. And then theologically, I had to understand that I had been giving out a message that was not the full gospel. And when I say full gospel, I don't mean a denomination. I mean the ministry of Jesus. I wasn't a false prophet. I was preaching the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. I was very militant, very fundamental, but I was very cessationist, right? I didn't believe in any of the gifts. I was very Baptistic. And now it's funny because my Baptist friends are calling me both for deliverance, to be trained in deliverance, and sending us their people like, we don't know what to do with these people. I'm like, I didn't either at one time, but I do now <laughs> by the grace of God, right? So it's been a massive transition. And I had to eat crow, right, in a lot of ways because I had to get up before 
a large congregation, right? I mean, in the Baptist world, you can't even move a chair or a communion table without five people getting mad and splitting the church six ways from Sunday. So I had to get up before a very large church. I did it on a Wednesday, you know, make it a little less abrasive. Yeah. But I had to get up before a large church and say, let me tell you what God's been doing in my life for the past three or four months, wow. you know, behind the scenes. My wife and I, we've been reading these books by Derek Prince, and we've been trying to figure out inner healing and trauma and deliverance mm -hmm. from demons and what all that looks like. And I said, we're just going to jump in. I said, tonight, I'm going to preach a systematic message on deliverance from demons. And our people erupted. You saw that in the movie. They erupted. They were there before I was there. And so we had revival show up in the midst of revival. I wasn't looking for more revival. I wasn't looking for a bigger crowd. I wasn't right. looking for a bigger platform. We had been baptizing thousands of people in a horse trough in a circus tent, right? In the middle <laughs> of a pandemic. And God said, no, no, no. You've been a good steward with that. And because I know you're about to humble yourself and publicly repent, I'm going to trust you with something that's even bigger and better than you've ever imagined. And so when I got up and said, you know what? I missed it. I was wrong. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. I thought it was about all. No, no, no. It's about setting people free through the power of the name of Jesus. And when yes. I did that, I'm telling you, revival amped up a hundredfold. <laughs> and so now we have these massive deliverance services on Sunday night that are specific and they're not live streamed. You know, we don't want to embarrass people. Even in the movie, mm -hmm. we, we blank people out and let them know, hey, yeah. we're, we're making a movie here just yeah. for the purpose of letting people see the reality of this, but we're not going to embarrass you. Right. But now what's happening is they're not even waiting till Sunday night, but they're showing up at church and there's such an anointing at our place. I'm up preaching. We're taking an offering. Ah! Right. Someone's <laughs> going crazy, runs down to the altar. They can't even help it, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. there's an anointing in that gravel parking lot like few places. It's a portal to glory like I've not seen. And I think so much of it has to do with our leadership's humility mm -hmm. to admit that we were wrong about some things and that we had missed some stuff. And once we started preaching that first sermon, it turned into 45 straight sermons on the ministry of Jesus. It's the number one thing Jesus did. And mm -hmm. it's the last thing that the church talks about. And so I'm praying that our ministry and this movie will bring global recognition to the ministry of Jesus. Because all the preachers in the world say, well, what would Jesus do? Well, stop asking that and read a Bible and see what Jesus did. Jesus cast <laughs> out demons, right? He cast right. out evil spirits. That's what he right. did. And so that's that's where we are right now. Yeah. So in that, can you tell me a little bit about personally what happened between you and your wife? Like when you said, yes. I went through deliverance too. Can you tell a little <laughs> bit about this? Because this is what I just love about your transformation yeah. is that you're just like, out there with it. So I just really appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah. We had started doing deliverance even through the back door accidentally before we'd even, even gone through deliverance. You don't, you don't mm -hmm. think oh, I'm a pastor, you know, and my wife and I, we pastor a big church. We don't need deliverance. But the more I went through deliverance with others, the more I began to realize, man, I bet I've got some stuff in my past. I bet I got some generational curses on me. And, you know, my grandfather was a, in the Masonic lodge and he took wow. an oath and you know, all these things. There was a lot of new age witchcraft and I messed with Ouija boards when I was a kid and yeah. you know, I had some soul ties with some people I should have never had, you yeah. know? And so I'm like, wow, I'm going to go through deliverance. So Henry Schaefer that we pay homage to in the movie and he yeah. makes a couple of appearances uh we brought him in we set him down we had him go through all of our staff you know leadership and deliverance team at that time so my wife and I didn't go through it together I went through it first for about two and a half hours and then she came in and went through it and I was you know I didn't my head didn't spin around I didn't levitate off the floor but I was so emotional right mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm a weepy seepy guy now deliverance really helped me be baptized more into that 
But as some of that trauma from my past and abandonment, my father being in prison, a lot of that hurt just began to just come up. I, I couldn't even stop it. You know, I mean, it was just, wow. ah, just came up and I just sobbed and cried and, you know, burped a few times and stuff like that. But just really, I was an emotional wreck. I was a basket case, just crying, just probably like if I was at the funeral of, of my best friend of 20 years, I mean, I just sobbed and wept. I just couldn't stop for, you know, hour and a half, two hours of this entire experience. But when I was done, I knew I'd been freed from some mm -hmm. real hurt, some real, you know, PTSD, as it were, some real trauma yeah. of my past mm -hmm. that I had forgotten about. And so one of the things that we've learned through that, and my wife was the same way, and hers was about three hours. And, you know, she came out of drug addiction. She was saved in a yeah. ditch. 15 years of pill addiction. So there was a lot of spirit of pharmacia and stuff and, and abuse molestation yeah. when she was a child, stuff that she had to deal with. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the biggest things that people don't understand when it comes to our ministry and even what you do in yeah. setting people free is forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself, right? Yeah. It, you don't forgive people because what they did was right. What they did was wrong, but you forgive people so you can be right. Because evil spirits will not cross the barrier and the boundary of somebody's bitterness and somebody's unforgiveness. And so yeah. I had to really release by name some people, death and life, who are in the power of the tongue. And then once we had been in deliverance for about six or eight months, we'd seen so many people get free. Some people, there was something there. I'm like, why is this taking so long? Mm -hmm. What in the world is going on? We were introduced to inner healing. And so we began to intersperse inner healing with our deliverance ministry. And some people don't necessarily just need deliverance from a big demon. Some people just need some discipline in their mind from some trauma that they went through when they were a past uh, in their past. And they just need to be able to forgive. And sometimes we'll just bring up some memories inside of somebody. And I mean, they'll just break in that moment. And then we just ask the Holy Spirit to allow those people to forget that, just wipe that from the tables of their memory. And we've seen a lot of people get free in just simple peaceful sessions, not crazy screaming, throwing up, no, just peaceful dealing with the hurt of their past. I know that's a long way around the barn and there's a lot there. And I'm, I'm sure you deal with that a lot in your vocation and in your ministry, but to go through it myself proved to me that I really can have peace that passes all understanding. Oh my gosh. I just love this. So I, I have a question that came up to me. What did God show you about you when you did that freedom? Because to me, you were already a very courageous man and you were already very, yeah. you know, just, you know, the fear of man was already, I felt like off you. So what more yeah. did he show you about you? Yeah. And it wasn't even really the fear. A lot of mine was that religious bondage. You know, mm. I was, I was denominationally the fear of man brings a snare. You know, I could call out any politician. I could call out preachers. I could call out anybody. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what are my friends going to think about me? Right. What am mm -hmm. I, what's my college going to think about me? Of course, you know, they threw me under the bus, but that's cool. They'll come around for deliverance one day. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, I had to get free from that, that spirit, that bondage of religion. Mm -hmm. And, and again, and it wasn't just the trauma and the hurt of my past. And I mean, the Lord really began to bring up some things that I'd forgotten about for a very, very long time. You know, that I just was very weepy seepy about and got some freedom. But what God did is deliverance ministry tempered me, right? It helped me understand that, yeah, I'm bold. And God built me for such a time as this. He built me through controversy because he knew I was going to have to fight demons. And that's a whole new level of fighting. When you're fighting demons and you can't give in, you got to dig your heels in and you got to go, right? Because you're a marked man, you're a marked woman, you are marked by heaven and hell when you get involved in casting out evil spirits. But what God showed me is, look, you don't have to show up to every fight you're invited to, right? You don't, you don't have to be known anymore for being bold. You're bold. We get it. 
Yeah. Right? You're courageous. <laughs> you built a whole good. ministry on being courageous. Yeah. People know you're going to be the guy to go to. They know you're not going to back down. They know you're not going to compromise. I'm just not. I'm not one of these woke, skinny jean wearing pastors that's going to soft pedal the gospel. I'm just not. But God said, look, you need to understand that you are not fighting flesh and blood. You're out of that arena. You are fighting principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And it was like an overnight shift of me getting up. And it's not that I preached a lot on politics. CNN would make you think I'm always preaching on politics. Right, right. But it was a deal where I got up and I said, you know what? We're done. Mm -hmm. We've outgrown those games, right? We have matured past that point. When God tells me to say something about what's happening politically, I will. But we're going to talk about the spirits behind why it's happening politically. Yeah. We're going to deal with what matters. And it was like a light bulb switch in our church. And I went from more demonstrative and abrasive mm -hmm. to more of a loving, kind shepherd. Now, I still got that angry prophet side of me when I need it, and I can turn it on when the Holy Ghost says, but mm -hmm. I've shifted from the angry prophet to the loving shepherd. And I think it's so shocked people, they don't know what to expect, right? Mm -hmm. They show up with the cameras, oh, we're going we're gonna to get a good shot of this insurrectionist, and I'm kind to them. And they're like, this is not the interview that we expected from this massive jerk for Jesus that they thought I was, right? I even had a confrontation with a guy this morning that's doing a whole documentary against me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm coming to your church and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to force you to have this conversation. And I message him back and I'm like, look, we'll put you up at a hotel. We'll pay your expenses. I look forward to having oh the conversation. God. Nothing is off limits. Come into our yeah. studio. Ask me anything you won't do. And he messaged back. He's like, are, are you like serious right now? This is like never happened to me before. He said, you realize I'm coming to do a hit piece. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> come and hit all you want to just stay oh, for church and stay for the deliverance session. Come and so on. people don't know what to do with me at this point, right? My kids don't know what to do with me at this point <laughs> because I'm just, it, deliverance ministry has changed everything about my life, everything about my life. And I'm not ashamed to tell people that. I just love this. Um, so in the movie, you talked about that you can dance, you can worship, and you can do all these things in the church, but not be free. So Not can you free. talk about how deliverance is actually for Christians and how we yeah. have many Christians that are in bondage? Oh, yes, many. And they say, well, you know, there's no way that I can be attacked by a demon. That's nonsense. You still have a flesh that's never been saved. Even one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft. So if your flesh can be involved in witchcraft, we know witchcraft summons demons, right? We know witchcraft is nothing but can just you that. Tell, can it's you wizardry. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about what witchcraft is? Because I think some people, you yeah. say it like it's this big, scary thing, but mm -hmm. it's actually some of the things that we like deal with every day. Could Would you Are mind kind of sharing church. a couple things? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. The Bible says yeah. in 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion, disobedience to the scripture is as the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft is really threefold, right? And witchcraft is kind of like the, uh, it's like the the power side to uh, to sorcery, divination, but what witchcraft really is in the church world, because there's a lot of evangelical voodoo witch doctors that call themselves pastors, right? It's nothing more than intimidation and, and domination for the purpose of just controlling. It's manipulation. If I can intimidate you and manipulate you, I can dominate you. And that's what people want to do. So intimidation, manipulation, domination. And so I want to control the outcome of your decisions. That's witchcraft. Right. You don't have to have a cauldron. You don't have to fly around on a broom. You know, you don't you don't have to laugh funny and have a little dog too, right? To be involved in witchcraft. All you got to do is want to intimidate, manipulate for the purpose of dominating. There are spouses that do that. You see that all the time, right? There are spouses that will manipulate their way into the mind of their 
husband or their wife so they can dominate them completely. And we do it with our kids. Politicians do it. Pastors do it. And so there's a lot of that witchcraft. And so it's one of the works of the flesh. And so people don't realize the Bible talks about a lot of different kind of spirits, but it's uncomfortable to us. And, and it should be because we're not promoting butterflies and poodles. We're talking about demons, right? And so malevolent entities, it should make us uncomfortable. The Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness. Okay. If somebody is depressed, for example, and I ask them, what in the world's wrong with you? They're triggered by that because they can't explain what's wrong with them because they don't know. They're like, man, I just lay on the couch. I can't get up. I got all these plans and goals, and I really love yeah. God, and yeah. I go to church, but I have social anxiety. I can't figure it out. You know why you can't figure it out? Because what we call depression and anxiety is what God calls a spirit of heaviness. Mm -hmm. It's a person without a body. It's pressing on you. It's pressing within you. The spirit of fear, 2 Timothy says, God's not giving us the spirit of fear. There's a lot of spirits in the Bible. And we want to dismiss it. But the word spirit is an evil spirit. It's the word for demon, right? It's mm -hmm. the word to be demonized. Paul said, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Well, something dwells there. And the Bible says the works of the flesh are witchcraft, murder, adultery, you know, all of these horrible things. So why would we think that a demon still can't reside inside of our flesh? He can't get in my spirit, can't get in my holy of holies, but he can get in my flesh. And even Paul said, I have a messenger of Satan. That would be a demon, a messenger of Satan. The Greek word is angelos, angel of Satan in my flesh, giving me a spirit of infirmity. This guy wrote 14 books of the Bible, most of which from prison. And we say Christians cannot be afflicted by demons. And the number one player outside of Jesus and John the Baptist in the New Testament said, I had a demon in my flesh that wow. gave me a spirit of infirmity, right? So it can happen. Christians can be oppressed. If we could get past this ridiculous notion of possession, right? Because all we think is, oh, you're saying I'm possessed? No, no, no. I'm not saying you're possessed. Possession means ownership, right? You can own your house and clean it from top to bottom and still have roaches in the basement, right? You can still have a rat in your house. The rat and the roaches don't own your house. The deed is in your name, not the rat and the roaches. You got to kick them out. And so you can have Jesus own the deed to your soul, but you can still have some rats and some roaches. That makes sense? Yeah. So what you're saying is that we have the authority then to allow the roaches into our house. So yeah. we have, have the authority. The yeah. So it's a, this open door. We have the authority then to tell them to leave. Yes, absolutely. And you have more authority in your body than I do, right? I tell people in mass deliverance, I may be up here on a microphone telling these mm -hmm. demons to come up and come out. But if you know what you're struggling with, you tell it. It's going to obey you and right. your authority more than it's going to obey right. me. And I think this is what I love about what you're doing. You're not bringing people to Greg Locke. You're bringing yep. people to Jesus and you're bringing people Amen. to freedom and you're training people to then go do that for others so that there's more yes. people that are doing this, which is really what we need. You said that deliverance is the awakening that the church needs. Yes. Why have we gotten in this place? Why do we have so much who are going to church and are in bondage? And I mean, I just see people who don't even want to go to church because there's, I mean, just, there's a lot of hypocrisy and yeah. how have we gotten here? So I'm so thankful that you're doing this, but I do think that you're, you're kind of a pioneer and there's some people that are gonna be like, I'm not going to listen to him, but I'll maybe yeah. listen to some of the guys he has on. And it's like, but it's not about you. It's about what yep. Jesus is doing. Like you're, you're the messenger. How, how yep. have we gotten here? Like you've been, you've been in ministry yep. for a long time. Mm -hmm. How have we gotten well, here? It's just because we've ignored the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is people in church are in bondage and pastors are in so much bondage. They don't want to humble themselves and repent yeah. and deal with it 
They don't want to deal with their That's own good. demons. And so they're certainly not going to deal yeah. with everybody else's. And yeah. so the easiest thing to do is just dismiss it, right? Just completely disassociate from it altogether. It's not real. It can't be real. But once it happens, it's real. And so we're having people come to us for help, even pastors, they're like secretly calling, hey, can you help me? And so what happens is we, we put them through deliverance. They go home, demons start manifesting in their church and their whole church has changed for the better. I got a friend, he had 30 people in his church and I don't minimize small numbers. You know, I, I remember on Easter right. when we've had 30 people in church, right? Yeah. But he was in a little church and he couldn't break through, couldn't break through, couldn't break through. I said, look, man, you can laugh at me all you want to. We went to college together. You and your wife come here, we're gonna put you up. Come to church, come to mass deliverance, just check it out. They come to mass deliverance. I get to the part about breaking off generational curses from the Masonic Lodge. His wife goes nuts. I had no idea that in her lineage, her great, great, great grandfather had written an entire like encyclopedia on the Masonic Lodge. And I mean, he was as high as it was and all the wow. rituals. And I mean, when I started dealing with that, she came out of her chair, I mean, sobbing, throwing up, screaming, slithering like a snake. This Baptist preacher is looking at his wife like, I've lived with this woman for 30 years and she's not making this up. There's no way that this is fake. And when she got freedom, then he wanted to get freedom. They went home. The very weekend they went home, his pianist flared up in the middle of a song, fell out in the floor, raging, screaming, all this trauma coming out of her. And he went from 30 to 300 in like four months because everybody then started coming to his church in Wilmington, North Carolina, because they're like, hey, this guy has the answer. And he's like making it up like we were on the fly. And I'm telling you, deliverance is the children's bread. It is changing yes. churches. It yes. is absolutely changing churches. But because we've ignored it and nobody's wanted to deal with it, here's what the church has done. This is the real answer, the hard answer to that question. We have not expelled evil spirits. We've suppressed them. We've told people just take more medication. And I, and I don't tell people yeah. to get off their medication, but we've told people just take more medication, just get more counseling, just yeah. get more prayer. Look, if it's a demon, you can't counsel out a demon, right? You can counsel people through trauma. You can give inner healing to people that need to come out of something from their past. You can't counsel out an evil spirit. You can only cast it out. You can only cast it out. Okay. And because we don't want to talk about it, this lukewarm, you know, yes. Bambi, Pammy, Tickle Me, Elmo church, you know, nobody wants to deal with it. So when a guy like me comes out, they're like, oh my goodness, what new doctrine is this? People have been asking that for 2,000 years since <laughs> Jesus did it, right? There's no new doctrine. It's the number one thing Jesus did. Right. Oh my gosh, this is so good. And I love that you're mentioning inner healing. Like you said that a couple of yeah. times. I didn't even have to ask it. Um, yeah. So I know a lot of times, you know, people in mental health will say, oh, we need to keep this separate. We need to keep it. Yeah you know, it's separate from the church. And it's why I actually started this podcast, because this is one of the problems I see is that we shouldn't yeah. be keeping this separate. There are some people yep. that will never go to counseling. And there's some people that will never go to church. And there's people yep. that are in counseling that they just stay in counseling forever. And like you said, they're going to church and they're still in bondage. Yes. Can you talk about how, like, you know, people can get a demon cast out of them, but then how do they stay free? Because I, and, and we can talk a little bit about um, dissociation when people are fragmented. Yep. What are you guys doing to help people to stay free? Right. A, a lot of times people don't understand that sometimes deliverance can be a process. It's not always a one and done. Right. And, and so we've started something actually that we've just now launched. We call it the global vision freedom network. Oh. And so everybody that's ever gone through deliverance, both privately, personally, mass deliverance, whatever, we capture their email, their name, their contact, where they are. And a couple of things have happened. We now, we send post deliverance materials to them every week. Look, read this. This will help you maintain your deliverance. 
Go through your house. Get rid of new age occultic things. Get rid of things that are are keeping you connected to a soul tie from a previous, you know, sexual relationship, you know, from a previous marriage. Don't keep wearing jewelry from some boyfriend that you went to the prom with, right? Get rid of that stuff, right? You need to get rid of some things in your house that are keeping you soulishly tied to those individuals. Get rid of some of them statues you got around your house that came from some tribe in some third world country somewhere because you thought they were cute, right? They've been witched. You got some kind of voodoo nonsense going on in your house. You know, get rid of all this occultic stuff that you're letting your kids watch and and things like that. So there's a lot to all of that, but we teach people how to maintain their deliverance. And then we're putting together two heat maps. One heat map is, look, these are places that you can go that are like global vision hubs where you can go. Somebody says, hey, I want 30 people in my living room this Sunday to have a little church service and watch Pastor Locke, right? And so we come in there. And so they can know where they can go, where people celebrate deliverance, celebrate these things. And then there's other churches around the nation. Either we've commissioned them, we've helped them start, we've bought them a building, or they're just very global vision Greg Locke like-minded, right? And so we're like, look, go to Jason Boggs Church in Franklin, West Virginia. They believe in fivefold ministry. They they counsel people. They help people with inner healing and, you know, mm-hmm. deliverance and things like that. And so a lot of people just say, oh, you know, read this book or let me cast out a demon. Yeah, but if you don't close those doors, they're going to come back. That problem is going to come back and they're going to be worse off, you know, in the long run than they were in the beginning. But people need to understand that that deliverance is sanctification. It's part of the process of sanctification. Cleanse yourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, I've not had to go back through a full-blown deliverance session since I went through mine, but I'm also renouncing things every week with everybody around the country and around the world all the time, trying to keep myself clean, keep myself right. I've not opened those doors to witchcraft and the new age and, you know, immorality and things like that as I did in my past when I was younger. And so, for some people, they can get it, they can maintain it. For some people, they need to understand that it is it is discipleship, yeah. okay? It is discipline, right? Some people, you, you don't need more demons cast out. You need to read your Bible, right? You need discipline. <laughs> you, you don't have a demon. You got a discipline issue, right? You, you got you to gotta focus on what you eat. You got to focus on your body. You got to focus on your marriage, focus on your mind. And so I, I give long pastoral answers to get around. The oh, barn, that's good. I, I love we're, it. We're putting together a whole network so that people can get deliverance and maintain deliverance because keeping it is just as important as getting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just love that. Um, Do you run into dissociation much and fragmentation, um, satanic ritual abuse? Again, this is a whole other thing, but I kind of just wanted to mention it because I think sometimes mental health therapists are like, Oh, deliverance ministers, they're not paying attention to that. And then people are more wounded because they're not aware of that. I just want to bring it up to see, you know, your thoughts on that. It's a reality. And it, again, it's another one of those elephants in the room that nobody wants to talk about. We have a lot of people that come to us from satanic ritual abuse. It's actually something we deal with on a very small scale. We do it more privately, yeah. but on a very small scale in our mass deliverance, because I mean, people flare up on that, right? Because I mean, that is a big, big deal. But I want people to understand not everything is a demon, right? We don't look for demons under every rock and around every corner. There are some pretty good telltale signs. But in the Bible, there's three things that we deal with, right? We cast out demons. We pull down strongholds and we break off curses. And those are three very different things. And you may not be under a generational curse. You may not have a demon, but you may have a stronghold in your life that we're going to have to help you pull down, you know, in submission and obedience to Christ. And so there's there's really three different levels that we try to walk people through. If it's a demon, it'll manifest pretty quick, right? It's going to talk. It's going to act a fool. It's going to flare up. If it's a generational curse, 
it may just be the reason you constantly get sick and you mm. and you you can't break through. It may be why you're under a curse of poverty. And no matter how many times you win the lottery, you're broke as a joke, right? And you always go back to zero. No matter how many jobs you work, you're always broke because mm. now that's a curse, right? That didn't have to be a demon. That's a curse. And wow. some people have strongholds. You know, pornography can very much be demonic. But pornography also in the life of a believer can very much be a stronghold that just needs to be pulled down because they don't have discipline. They don't have the right accountability factors in their life. So that kind of answer that? It totally does. That was very helpful. Thank you for that. Um, and I would love if you could share um, some testimonies of what you have seen God do, because I think there's a lot of people on the show that are like, I yep. want to hear what, what happened and <laughs> how people yeah. got free um, and then how they can watch the movie. Yeah, and some of them are way more fantastical than others. Uh, some some of the craziest deliverances we've ever had, and we've had some crazy ones in mass deliverance, have been private deliverances because we've learned how, how to do it quicker, right? And it's not that we want to get it all quick, boom, one and done, but sometimes it can go an unbelievable long amount of time because you don't know what you're doing, right? It's just like trying to stick jello to the wall and we're just calling out everything we can, but we've learned so early on, one of the ladies that's in the uh, movie, Kelsey, she was the one talking about the intrusive thoughts. She is still to this day, a, a year and a half in, she is the longest standing deliverance. We're 18 and a half straight hours. It was the most exhausting thing we've ever been through. That wow. demon talked out of her in five different languages, different voices. She spun around the floor. She threw up buckets of stuff that wasn't even anything in her stomach. I mean, it was a, it was a movie, right? That thing knew things about us. It talked, it taunted us talked about the angels it could see in the room, screaming, breaking stuff. I mean, just wild. I mean, super, super wild. And we've seen a lot of those. But the ones I love the most are when people write us, like mm -hmm. after mass deliverance, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Friday of that week. And they're like, look, I haven't slept in months. I have had something just sleep paralysis, nightmares. And I went home that night, felt like a Mack truck drove out of me. You know, they weren't screaming, flying around the room but they knew that moment when that broke off them, when that curse, when that inheritance from their father or mother broke off them, they knew when that evil spirit of fear and dread and depression came out, they knew it and they could sleep well. We have so many ver medic just medically released people from the doctor when they sent them to us like, you know what, we're not giving you any more treatment and you're gonna die. You get stage four cancer, you're done. And they come to us they're like, what can we do? I'm like, look, not everything's a demon, but if you'll let me approach it supernaturally, let, let me just let me just say that it is a demon. Let me deal with the spirit of infirmity. We cast yeah. the spirit of infirmity out, lay hands on the sick. Three days later, they're like, our doctor just gave us a scan and said, you don't have one ounce of cancer anywhere in your body. You're completely oh medically cleared. And people are like, that doesn't happen. Happens every week at our tent. I pulled a lady out of a wheelchair a couple of weeks ago. I've never done that, right? I thought that was some charismaniac nonsense. And God <laughs> gave me a word of knowledge and said, she's got a spirit of infirmity in her legs. Go over and call it out and pick her up. And I'm like, there's people here, Lord. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? There's people here. And God said, no, go do it. I went over, laid hands over. I said, you got a spirit of infirmity in your legs? Spirit of infirmity, you come out of her legs right now. You get out of her back. And I said, ma'am, get out of that wheelchair. You don't need it. She stood up. I grabbed her hands, walked her all the way across to the, pla to the platform. And people are like, you know, I mean, they're, they're mesmerized. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't make this stuff up, right? right? You can't make it up. We've seen marriages restored, prodigals come home, people that have been depressed for years and years. Mm -hmm literally get off the couch and write us six months later. And they're like, wow, you know, I've never had another panic attack. I, I never had that anxiety come back. It worked. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. It should never work. 
but it works every time because it is so simple because it's not a methodology. It's a message. And the message is come out in Jesus name. That's mm -hmm. the power of it. Wow. And what, um, and you would say that to do this though, they do need to be Christian, like to do deliverance. You have to have said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Like they do need to believe yes. the gospel. So you're yeah, not, you know, yeah, I, I don't make a habit out of casting demons out of lost people because they're just going to come back. Right? right. And so right. as you can see in the movie, even when Pagani was working with somebody, that young lady, as he was working with her, he began to understand these demons are manifesting, but she's not even saved. Right. And so he led her in yep. a moment of prayer and repentance. And then boom, it just broke from that moment. So we want people to declare indeed that they've repented, believe the gospel, that Jesus yeah. is Lord and savior of their life. And then the work can really begin. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so how can people see this movie? Yeah, it's going to come out March 13th. It's a one night release because little known fact, uh, when the credits fade to black, I actually get piped in from our tent live in all 2000 theaters that are viewing this. Wow. And I do 30 minutes of mass deliverance in every theater in America that's wow. showing the movie. And, uh, and and that was Fathom's idea. I actually tried to talk about it at the beginning. I thought it was going to be a logistical nightmare. They're like, nope, <laughs> this is the big ticket item. This is what we want. And so I get to come in. It's live. They can't stop me. I talk about Jesus. I give the gospel <laughs> on the front end yeah. as a presentation. And then I go into mass deliverance for 30 full minutes in every single theater that's showing this on March 13th. So get your tickets. It's selling out literally all over the yes. country. Uh, come out in Jesusname.com. So come out in Jesusname.com. Put in your address, you know, your state, city, whatever, and it'll pull up. If you're in a big town, there's multiple theaters all over the area uh, that are going to be showing it. So you, you yeah. do the math, 50 states, 2,000 theaters. It, it's more than likely very, very close to you within within driving distance. Yeah, like even here, in, I'm from Minnesota, and there's a group of there's a group of people that are going, and it's filling okay. up there. So I'm, yeah, they're super excited to go. Um, how else can people get a hold of you? You like social, like what social media platforms mm -hmm. are, and what can they search for? Yeah, if they just search for Pastor Greg Locke, like on yep. you know Twitter or Facebook, it's at Pastor Locke. They can okay. find that. The easiest way to get us, if you want to visit a church service, if you want to come to be a part mm -hmm. of our mass deliverance, there's no registration. But if you want to know more about it, just go to Global Vision BC, like Bible Church, GlobalVisionBC.com, and they can watch our live stream there as well. What about if somebody wants to get trained in deliverance and they're like, "Yes, I want, I want yep. in, I want to get deliverance, and I want to get trained in it." How do they? How do they we do start, this? we post for every, every three months. It's, it, there's such a huge barrage of people that want that. We're starting every three months, every quarter, we're training pastors and ministry leaders and people that want to get involved. They're not even pastors, but they want to be street evangelists and, you know, do this type of work. And so every three months we bring them in. So if they just go to that globalvisionbc.com, they can contact the church and my assistant, Cassandra, will kind of let them know. And if they're pastors, you know, we bring them in, we take care of this. It's free of charge. We don't charge anybody anything. And then let me also say, uh, one of the things that I find beautiful is we don't have a, just a lot of people wanting training. We do. I mean, we have thousands of people that want training. But what's beautiful to me is we have pastors that want to come in for deliverance. Yeah. And uh, so if, if you're a pastor and you, you're watching this at some point and you feel like you, you need some type of deliverance and you want something maybe that is a little more private, because I get it. I mean, you're 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 pretty risky right now. You know, you're going to mm -hmm. tell your elders and your deacons, I'm going to get deliverance. Right. So if you need to come in. We, we fly people in, we put people up in rooms, we pay for their food, the whole deal. We don't make them have any kind of expenses because this is not income for us. This is outcome for us. And the outcome is we want preachers set free so they can train their people how to be yes. set free. Yes. Oh my gosh. This has been so amazing. Yeah, I would yeah. love it if you could pray for the listeners, yep. just let yep. whatever you feel God leading you to pray. 
Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this, this broadcast. Lord, I pray that you would use it in ways that we can't even imagine. Lord, that it would go around the world and reach that one person that we never could have even thought would have seen it. So, Father, we just ask for your glory to be about it. Lord, I, I thank you for this ministry. Lord, bless it mightily, not just the broadcast, but all of the marriage counseling, all of the help from, from trauma and hurt, the inner healing that people need. Lord, just give her wisdom as she continues to dig deep in this ministry of setting people free. So, Father, I pray right now for that person that's watching this that does have that spirit of fear. It just keeps coming back. These irrational fears, they don't know why in the world do I have all of this anxiety. Lord, I come against every spirit of fear and doubt. Lord, every spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and we put on the garment of praise. And, and our, our warship, we worship our way in the warfare, and we come against you. We put on the whole armor of God right now. We come against the enemy. And so I pray that if people need help, they will reach out to, to one of these two ministries so that we can bless them and help them. We can counsel them, pray with them. We can diagnose these issues. And indeed, if it is a, an evil spirit, that Lord, they would humble themselves to the place and admit, I need help. I need help. May that person reach out for help today. May they not wait any longer. And so, Lord, we just come against all that anxiety, all that depression, all that oppression that they're facing, witchcraft from their past, generational curses, Lord. May they understand, yes, yes, this is what I need. And may they humble themselves to a place where they get that help, whether it be from us or whoever else, Lord. We just want to see the captive set free. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the ministry of the gospel. So, Father, I pray right now that you would just bless that person that's watching and hearing this, and a light bulb would go off in their heart, and they would say, yes, Lord, I want to be set free. I want to be delivered. This is what I need. And so, Father, just bless every single person that will watch this now and whenever else it may air. And we're going to thank you for the glory of God rising amongst your people. And we're thanking you for it in advance by faith for the revival that we are going to see, not just from this movie, but from the movement of people that are going to rise up and say, devil, enough's enough. We take authority over you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I feel like there's people that are watching you and they are seeing you not be afraid to step out and do Amen. what God called you to do. And I feel that there's people that are like, they're afraid of what people think, or they're afraid of people judging them and thinking that there's something wrong with them. Like even you were saying, you're doing literally what you made fun yeah. of. You know, yeah. you keep saying the charismaniacs, like you would make fun <laughs> yeah. of them. And that's literally what God is having you do now. So I just, I just, I pray for the people watching to, yes. to step out, to be bold, to just let Jesus lead and let mm -hmm. what pastor Greg Locke is doing to be just a pioneer in this, that really, this is about God. This is about Jesus. Yes. This isn't about us and just go. If you have felt led to do something, go start the mm -hmm. church go bring deliverance, go start yeah. whatever it is that you felt led to start because God is needing his warriors. Yes. Um, so thank you for leading that path and Absolutely. being just being you, the the man that, you're, that your grandma said that you were going to be. And to me, that's Amen. what I see. You're just, you're just being yes. yourself. So Praise that's what, thank you. where God gets the glory. So thank you for this time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness 
with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.